This is Bill Newman, WHMP. And it is Monday, Monday in our hearts. <clears throat> it is not Monday in reality, but we are still having Mayor's Monday on this Tuesday. So we welcome to the show and back to our show, the Mayor of Greenfield, Roxanne Wiedergartner. Madam Mayor, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. I'd like to start, um, sorry to delve into an uncomfortable topic, but it is. Uh, nonetheless, I think it's really important to uh, have the perspective of the city on this front page of the recorder, of course, in recent days, that the city of Greenfield had appealed the verdict, almost $1 million against the city and the police department on account of a verdict rendered by a Hampshire County jury. That was a trial that held in Northampton simply because the Superior Court in Franklin County in Greenfield wasn't sitting, of a million dollars with attorney's fees against the city and, as I said, the police department for bias in hiring. The city has announced, or the insurance company, I'm a little unclear, has announced that the uh, verdict is being appealed. I'm wondering if you could bring us up to date on that. I'd like to know the status of the case and the reasoning behind the appeal. Madam Mayor, help us understand this, please. Uh, yes. Um, the option to appeal was always there, and I don't think that we said any differently when I say we. That means um, the attorneys for the law, uh, for the attorney for the um, insurance company who's representing both the city and Chief Hague and the insurance company, and I guess by extension myself. So the option for an appeal uh, has always been out there, and we have said all along that um, failing a new trial, we would um, file an appeal. And um, I think originally we filed an appeal against um, the um, plaintiff's lawyers who want, you know, because the plaintiff's lawyers wanted um, additional. money to pay their legal fees, and that was uh, heard uh, by the judge, and that was reduced. So this is the uh, formal filing of the appeal for um, the uh, finding. So so let me let me uh, ask this, and maybe a question you don't have the answer to, but uh, A lot of people don't understand that an appeal is not saying the verdict was wrong or we disagree with it um, or it should have come out the other way. An appeal is an action that goes to the appeals court. Possibly it could go to the Supreme Judicial Court, but it's filed at the Massachusetts Appeals Court, the Intermediate Appellate Court. And the appeal is not, as I said, to say, oh, that was wrong, we disagree. It's to focus on what is a claimed error of law that the trial judge made during the trial. And I'm wondering if you know or can share with us uh, what the grounds for the appeal might be. Again, the, uh, you, you don't have an obligation. The party who appeals doesn't have an obligation to tell the court the specific uh, grounds immediately, but you have to let that be known pretty early on in the process. Can you tell us of that at this point or not? Well, I appreciate you explaining both to listeners and once again to me what the the appeal really means and stands for. And you're right. Uh, it really is an appeal of judicial um, error or misconduct or 
however, excuse me, you want to characterize it. And frankly, not being a lawyer, I don't know if there's some difference between judicial misconduct and judicial error, but, um, you know, I'll let them sort that out. So I don't have all of the grounds. I do know that there were several instances during the trial in which uh, Attorney Keston, that's the city's, uh, the insurance company and the city's attorney, um, paid for, by the way, by the insurance company, as will the uh, finding should should we not prevail on the appeal. Um, and they there were several opportunities, there were several times in which there were objections that rose to the level of um, what the what the attorneys thought the attorney thought our attorney thought was uh, a misjudgment or a mischaracterization or uh, flat out not allowing evidence in that was certainly um, uh, could have counteracted some of the things that the plaintiffs had uh, brought forward. Uh, so there were a number of cases. There were a number of places along the way that those things happened. What precisely in the appeal at this point, as you say, I'm not sure that we have that information. I don't have it with me at this moment. Yeah, I, th I think you bring up an important point, Madam Mayor, which is that for the appeal to prevail, not only do you have to prove, does the appealing party have to pr prove error by the trial judge, you have to prove prejudicial, harmful error, mm -hmm. which is to say, <clears throat> not only was it a mistake, but it was a mistake that really could have influenced the outcome of the trial, that is the verdict. So that, that is important. I, I'm wondering if you can tell us a, just a bit more about this process. You have emphasized that it is the insurance company that is paying for the lawyer. It is the insurance company's <laughs> lawyer representing the city that, who filed the appeal. Uh, I take it that the city was consulted, at least, as to whether or not the appeal should go forward. Did the city take a position on this, or is this exclusively a decision by the insurance company representing the city? Uh, was I asked outright if I wanted to appeal by the insurance company? No. Uh, did I uh, express any concerns over the appeal, a plan to appeal, um, in discussions with them? No, I didn't. Uh, based on what I had, well, I was in court for at least two of the days. Granted, not there; it went over several days, um, so I wasn't there for all of them. But I was briefed daily, and um, I have certainly listened now to most of the transcripts. Certainly not all of them, but um, the recordings <clears throat> of the trial. Um, so. Um, I did not object, let me put it that way, because and, they're, they're, it's, <laughs> in some ways it's their money, uh, but, um, you know, they're not, they're risk averse, certainly, so they saw something that was worthy, by they, I mean the insurance company, they saw something that was worthy of appeal, and, um, you know, I have not withdrawn any um, consent uh, from the city at this point. Has the insurance company in, uh, attorney uh, indicated to you at all when the appeal might be heard, when a decision from the appeals court m might come down, when we could expect that? Not at all. 
I mean, your guess is as good as mine. Um, the courts seem to march at their own schedule. Um, I don't know what is common for appeals courts, how often they sit, and, you know, um, what, what, you know, it, obviously it's the new year, it's been the holidays, so forth and so on. So I don't think there is there is a date at this point. Yeah, I think the, the appeals court will set a schedule for first for yeah. the appealing party, for the city and the police chief to file a brief. Uh, then there will be time for the uh, plaintiffs to file their uh, brief uh, that uh, is in uh, contradiction of the brief filed by the city. And then the city and the police chief will have the opportunity to file a reply brief to that. And then this court will schedule an argument and then there will be an argument, and then there could be uh, 60, 90, or 120 days between, or 130 days even between the uh, argument and when the decision comes down. So it's probably a ways in the future for there to be a resolution of the appeal. The only thing, that is absolutely correct. The only thing that I have heard with some um, dismay and annoyance is that it would be likely 2024 before it would be final, I guess. In other words, that's not to say that. So I'm, I'm guessing from that late, mid to late 2023, um, that they would, um, they would hear the case. Let, let me ask you this. I want to turn to one other aspect of this. Uh, there has been an enormous amount of media coverage recently about uh, police departments and funding mm -hmm. and problems with recruitment. I mean, it's, the national media and local media have been all over the story appropriately, I think. Uh, yeah. I, I'd like to know if this verdict has had an adverse effect on the morale and or the functioning of the Greenfield Police Department because, it well, it did uh, deliver a... Uh, uh, well, obviously an adverse judgment against the police department saying there was discrimination in uh, its in employment practices. Has this had an effect? This is, um, this is one of those yes and no questions. <laughs> I think it's very um, disturbing for, and I can't, you know, I can't speak for all police departments. I can only speak for Greenfield's police department, and I don't really mean even now to be speaking for them. But as mayor, um, I know that this has been a, a very disturbing um, uh, finding for them to hear because they have taken, and I credit uh, Chief Haig with that, great steps to um, a lot of steps to uh, better understand how to govern, I mean, how to uh, police rather, uh, you know, in an, in an open, unbiased um, and um, way. So, uh, and I, I, I'll give two specific examples of that. The chief was very instrumental in getting out, uh, getting the city out the police department in the city out of civil service and his primary goal for doing that um, was so that we would be able to draw from a wider pool of potential new officers. Um, you know, if you're from Springfield, that may not make a lot of sense or may not make a difference. I have no idea if they're civil service or not. 
but you know, I'm, there's a greater opportunity for uh, diversity in your police force and for people to step up and apply for jobs. Right, and, and this, and this yeah. verdict, this is a verdict uh, for those of our listeners who do not follow this case closely. This is a verdict against uh, Greenfield and the police chief uh, and the department for discriminating against a former, now former black officer uh, over uh, job promotion and application for a job yeah. that he, he had made and was denied. So uh, I, I understand you're uh, pointing to the uh, aspects of the uh, of Chief Haig's tenure uh, that has promoted diversity. But back to my question, do you think there has been an adverse effect or not? I do not, actually. It, it, when I say the yes and no question, I think the summer was very difficult when the chief was out on uh, leave of absence. You know, his department still ran well, uh, but they were facing... But what is what has... Um, created a adverse condition as far as morale there is concerned is when the city council reduced the police budget by $425,000, which meant the potential layoff primarily of new younger officers, which is what I think we want. They were all of the recruits in the last year or so um, prior to the, to the, uh, prior to the court case finally being heard. We had a lot of new people, so the potential for layoffs of our younger recruits because the, the union contract says is basically a last hired, first fired uh, contract um, is um, probably more devastating in many ways, but it is all uh, than the verdict uh, or finding, um, but it is all of a piece, and I think it was very difficult this year, this when the chief was out on leave um, um, regarding another, an, an investigation that was tangential to the verdict, had nothing to do with the verdict per se. We are uh, not out on leave. So he's back. Um, the department is, um, is running well. We have had no layoffs yet because we've had some people move on to different positions in other places. So there's money in the budget leftover from salaries there. Um, we'll have some retirements um, short. Well, we've had a retirement, uh, but then we'll also have a couple more retirements coming up very soon. So um, we are actually meeting this afternoon, the chief and I, to see where he's at staffing-wise and what will need to happen for the remainder of the year. So um, the effects of the... Uh, of the cut in the budget were probably more devastating than the vert than the finding, because as I say, you know, we have we have there's always been people of color for the last in, in the last ten fifteen years. Uh, you know, they're not uh, Patrick Buchanan was not the only person of color minority um, who was ever in the police department, and. So we continue today with, um, I think it's six women officers. Um, we have um, a, a black, another black officer working for us. I'm trying to go through my head here, see who, who else is in the department. So we're always on the lookout for um, when we can hire. Uh, we're always on the lookout for new 
new people, and diversity is at the top of the list. This is Mayor's Monday on WHMP. We are speaking with the mayor of Greenfield, Roxanne Wiedegartner. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to hear about the new library and the fire station and the mayor's resolutions for the new year. We'll be right back. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. Champagne, sparkling wine, cava, prosecco. If it's bubbly, it's really good. Every Friday morning, Monty visits the wine snobs to talk about wine at State Street. The three main grapes of champagne, if correct me if I'm wrong, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and Pinot Meunier, although there are a bunch of other ones that nobody really ever uses <laughs> hardly at all. That is 100% correct. A lot of the time they're made with Pinot Noir, which is a red grape, even though it doesn't look very red. Right. Juice is basically the same color, just like we are on the inside. Oh, I like that. No. Hold the cork, turn the bottle. Don't yes. hold the bottle, try to, to wiggle that cork out. Cava is a great value because they make it just the same way that they make champagne. The value's there. And it's from Spain. This is also a way to make something a special occasion, not just for a special occasion. There's something about champagne and sparkling wine in general that gives you that lift. It's like a fizzy lifting drink. Find your favorite wine and your next favorite wine at State Street Fruit Store Deli Wines and Spirits. State Street, Northampton. In the mood for takeout? Want to find yoga classes, music lessons, or art supplies nearby? Save 30% on full-value gift certificates to dozens of local businesses and services from Springfield to Brattleboro and everywhere in between. Whether it's a quick bite for lunch, something nice for a special occasion, or just an excuse for some good old retail therapy, save 30% on full-value gift certificates at the Shop 30 store at whmp.com. Part of what I love about being a therapist in community mental health is really getting to know people who are from really different backgrounds, including serving people who are the most vulnerable. Dan is a therapist at ServiceNet. There's a culture of thinking more deeply about the work we're doing. And for me, when I do that, that feels really good. If you're a licensed mental health clinician who wants to make your own hours while also being part of a progressive community mental health team, join us at ServiceNet. Go to the employment page at servicenet.org. Are you an immigrant worried about your future? Do you want to change your life? At Center for New Americans, you can take English classes for free. They help immigrants with jobs, licenses, healthcare, as well as immigration and citizenship. CNA helps you create a better future. CNA is like family you can trust that gives you hope and confidence that there is always support for various situations. They help dreams come true. Do you want to be a part of Center for New Americans? Visit our website at cnam.org. Call 413-587-0084. Center for New Americans, with offices in Amherst, Northampton, and Greenfield. Bill Newman, WHMP. Mondays are Mayor's Monday here on WHMP, and we are speaking this Monday with the mayor of Greenfield, Roxanne Wiedegartner. Madam Mayor, 
I want to hear from you. A lot is happening in downtown Greenfield. There's a new library. A new fire station is being constructed. Wilson's Department Store, which uh, the iconic store in downtown Greenfield, which has closed but is now being revived. The building is being revived. A lot's happening in your city. Can you bring us up to date on those three projects, please? I can. Um, The library, as I said, is nearing... 80% 80% completion, I think. It was about 70 in November. I know they're there working away. Um, so uh, it's, it's, it'll be ready when, uh, when we're ready um, to open it up in May. And right now it's on time and on budget. In fact, it's even a little under budget. So that's a good thing. Uh, the fire station, we broke ground uh, November 13th at the spot on uh, the other end of Main Street, uh, 3940 Main Street, and um, it will be um, completed, I understand, early 24. So I had hoped for late 23, but I think um, I think the completion date now is is been pushed out to early 24 and um there's a big hole that's about all i know well <laughs> that big there. hole is a good start yeah <laughs> and wilson's is uh, uh that happened in november um it was sold to a um to mass development um and uh the um tcb which is uh, the community builders they build housing uh, low to moderate income housing, and um, and do sort of the mixed use renovations of buildings throughout the country. Even though they are a Massachusetts, or started out in Massachusetts, and they have a very significant presence here in uh, in in Greenfield. So the plan for that is well, Greenfield and Western Mass. So the plan for that is uh, to um, move the Greenfield uh, co-op, so the Green Greenfields Market, uh, to the first floor, uh, and they will occupy the first floor in the basement with a brand new, beautiful, much larger uh, co-op store, uh, which will maintain a downtown grocery, uh, which is something we were concerned about because they were definitely bursting at the seams and looking for a new location. That sounds like and, a, a win-win-win. Yeah, and the upper stories will be uh, low to moderate income housing. There's basically 65 new units of housing that will be created in downtown Greenfield. So, uh, you know, that's uh, that's that's significant for downtown. Just a little off of downtown, I'm going to deviate from the three, uh, just a little off from downtown, a couple of streets over, um, the... Uh, Community and Support Options has purchased a property on Wells Street, and they will expand and include an additional 35 new shelter beds and um, oh, step-up housing. Um, so for for our unhoused individuals and people that are there by virtue of um, of substance abuse who um, will have an opportunity, one, to have a place to live, but also to be able to move into, um, you know, a next level um, housing where they can uh, maintain the housing for themselves. 
uh, under the with a lot of with all of the wraparound services that they'll need um, to maintain their sobriety and get get back on their feet. So well, that's a good. That's that a lot. Not, yeah, all of that is scheduled for sometime in the next two to three years. Unfortunately, you know things like this move very slowly. Um, TCB has to get a lot of historic uh, at the um, Wilson. You know, they're working on uh, putting their uh, full financing package together, getting their historic credit, tax credits online and so forth. Apparently, that's all very time consuming. Well, that is a lot yeah. going on. And yeah. you man- and you managed, Madam Mayor, to get us to the end of our, our, our half hour here. And that means that I don't have time to ask you about your New Year's resolutions, but we're going to look for them in the new year. We thank you. <laughs> we thank you so very much for your time. This has been Mayor's Monday on WHMP, and we've been speaking with the Mayor of Greenfield, Roxanne Wiedegartner. We really appreciate your time every month, Madam Mayor. Happy New Year to you. May it be successful and prosperous and healthy. And back at you. Bye-bye. Get in on the conversation. Call 413-586-7140. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. A new sewage pipe between Amherst and Hadley is a step closer with the help of a $155,000 grant. The two towns have been working together since before the pandemic to improve water resilience in the area. Wastewater from Hadley will be released into the Amherst Wastewater Treatment Plant through a pump station on Mill Valley Road. The $155,000 will go toward a feasibility study, which includes checking if any wetlands could be impacted. The Norcross Wildlife Foundation is gifting the Franklin Land Trust 151 acres on Spruce Corner Road in Ashfield. According to the Gazette, in 2001, the Franklin Land Trust, a regional nonprofit dedicated to the conservation of open space and natural resources in Franklin County and surrounding communities, led a grassroots effort to prevent this piece of land, owned for generations by the House family, from being turned into housing lots. The gift will ensure the land remains a natural and scenic area, and the Land Trust hopes to host a celebration next year. The Northampton Department of Public Works is offering two collection dates in January to recycle your holiday tree. Trees can be dropped off in the front right parking lot at Smith Vocational High School on Saturday, January 7th and Saturday, January 14th from 9 a.m. until noon. All holiday trees must have no ornaments, lights, tinsel, plastic bags, netting, and metal wires, and artificial trees will not be accepted. The collection will be open to all residents of Florence, Leeds, and Northampton. A transfer station sticker will not be required for the holiday tree collection, but proof of residency might be required. I am Nick Orozco. After a cold start this morning, temperatures climbing into the low to mid-30s this afternoon with mostly sunny skies. Mostly clear this evening with temperatures dropping back into the 20s. I'm Nick Orozco on 101.5 WHMP. This News Minute is brought to you by our partners at Holyoke Media. Yo soy Johan Rochivega con la síntesis informativa de Holyoke Media. El Congreso pasó el viernes la aprobación final de la legislación que cambia la ley arcana que rige la certificación de una contienda presidencial, el esfuerzo más fuerte hasta ahora para evitar que se repita el impulso de Donald Trump para revertir su derrota en las elecciones de 2020. La Cámara aprobó una revisión de la ley de conteo electoral como parte de su enorme proyecto de ley de gastos de fin de año luego de que el Senado aprobara una redacción idéntica el jueves. La legislación ahora va al presidente Joe Biden para su firma. Biden elogió la inclusión 
inclusión de las disposiciones en el proyecto de ley de gastos en un comunicado el viernes, calificándola de acción bipartidista crítica que ayudará a garantizar que se preserve la voluntad del pueblo. Las disposiciones que modifican la ley de 1887, que durante mucho tiempo ha sido criticada por su redacción deficiente y confusa, ganaron el apoyo bipartidista y harían más difícil para los futuros perdedores presidenciales evitar el ascenso de sus enemigos como intentó hacer Trump el 6 de enero de 2021. En otras informaciones, la sesión 117 del Congreso se inauguró con el insondable asedio del Capitolio por parte de la turba del 6 de enero de 2021 y se está cerrando con referencias penales federales sin precedentes del expresidente sobre la insurrección, todo mientras se lleva a cabo una de las sesiones legislativas más importantes en la memoria reciente. En muchos sentidos, el caos del ataque al Capitolio creó una nueva coalición en el Congreso, legisladores que quieren demostrar que Estados Unidos puede gobernar. Con el presidente Joe Biden, en la Casa Blanca, los demócratas que controlaban Washington encontraron nuevos socios en un ala del Partido Republicano, ansiosa por superar los años de Trump y las repetidas mentiras del expresidente sobre una elección robada que condujo al asedio del Capitolio. Yo soy Johan Rashi Vega y esta fue la síntesis informativa de Hollywood Media a través de WHMP. This News Minute has been brought to you by our partners at Holyoke Media. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. Well, we have coming up New Year's Eve, and New Year's Eve in Northampton meets, means first night. And first night is back in all its spectacular glory. We have with us today one of the bands who will be performing. We also have with us Peter McQuillan, who is the assistant assistant producer of the Northampton Arts Council, which brings us first night. Peter, thank you so much for being here. We will give previews throughout this week of what is happening at First Night. But First Night is back, I have in front of you. Thank you for bringing the performance schedule. Tell us a bit of who will be performing, how many acts there will be, where there will be, what time will go on, where we get our buttons, and all that. Talk to us, Peter, please. Awesome, thanks, Bill, for having us. Super excited to host First Night Northampton, bring it back to live in-person events this year. For those who aren't familiar, we have over 20 venues downtown Northampton, which range from large church spaces to small pop-up venues, and you can go see over 95 acts throughout the day. Um, weave your way through town. There's the fireworks at 6 p.m. and the ball raising at midnight. It all starts off at noon with show circus at the Academy of Music. That's where our headlining acts are going to be. You can see the suitcase junket wrap it up all at the end right before the fireworks. There's plenty of stuff. Uh, great family entertainment throughout the day. You can see the yo-yo guy down at 33 Holly, as well as Carrie Ferguson, Grumpy Time Band, and many other awesome kids acts all over town. So definitely check it out on our schedule Uh, there's special stars for all the family entertainment. And then later on at night, there's a lot of live bands. We have DJs, um, nice little pop-up performances at places like uh, Downtown Sounds, Bishop's Lounge, uh, the former location of Birdhouse Music, 164 Main Street. Um, so yeah, crawl all over town, come hang out with us, come see some great performances. There's art, there's dance, there's music, everything you could want on New Year's Eve in Northampton. And as I understand it, the w way the schedule is set up, it's essentially uh, uh, kids and family events in the, uh, well, it's not all daytime, but it, in, in the afternoon. Yeah, from noon to six, usually. Until the fireworks, and then after the fireworks, there is more adult fare. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 
I, let me ask you this. I, in terms of bringing back First Night, I'm just struck at the uh, number of venues and uh, organizations that are cooperating and are making their space available for First Night, including, as you mentioned, the Academy of Music, but also Edwards Church and Memorial Hall with, this, of course, the city venue, the Unitarian Society and First Churches and Lyman Hall and APE Gallery and the Christian Sciences Society and the Parlor Room and St. John's Episcopal Church and the Senior Center and 33 Hawley and 33 Hawley, the Flex Space, as well as Eli's Room and the Workroom and Downtown Sounds and Bishop's Lounge and Sage Hall. It's amazing that the city comes together and says, yes, we are going to have this great party. Was it a big, uh, was it, was it a big effort to try to uh, bring back First Night, have, uh, which I think probably uh, suffered because of COVID? Definitely, yeah. Huge undertaking every year, and we're super thankful to all our partners um, at the city and all the venues across town. Um, it's really awesome to get everyone together each year, and it's been going on for a long time. I grew up going to it. I think these guys who are going to perform next also grew up going to it. And, uh, yeah, it's really cool that it's uh, happening, and we get to bring it all to you. And, yeah, super thankful to all our different venue partners and sponsors. And I look at the schedule, starting with the schedule for uh, in the afternoon, and looking at all these just really just wonderful, inspiring local acts, and Neils for Kids and the Lonesome Brothers. Uh, I love this, APE Gallery. There's Bill Dwight Photography, and the Stompbox Trio will be performing as well. Just these, these are some of the biggest names in the Valley, and here they are back first night i just it, it's really heartwarming i think yeah we're so excited a lot of a lot of great names you know we got peter blanchett holding it down up at smith college sage hall really happy they're participating uh you know just the soul magnets playing at lyman hall there's really a, a big spread uh ed popolarzik doing balloons at edwards church he did balloons for my fourth birthday party <laughs> uh we have the vhs video oh so, you like, are dating yourself young man yeah well you know <laughs> He's been doing it. It's awesome. There's there's science. There's dance at the Academy of Music Dance Showcase. All the youth dancers. Um, yeah, just a big spread of things that you can get up to on first night in Northampton. And the Yo-Yo Guy is back for two performances as well at uh, 33 Hall in the Flex Space. I love the Yo-Yo Guy. How do they do that with yo-yos? I I don't get it. He's amazing. He performs all over the world, and uh, we're really lucky to have him uh, here in Northampton. And you know. Uh, shouts out to A to Z, who uh, have the great yo-yo school there, and uh, I think he's collaborated with them a lot. And, uh, yeah, that's one to look forward to. A lot of stuff at 33 Holiday during the day for the kids, um, so definitely check that out. And then at night, the Northamptons will be performing. They'll be giving two performances. Uh, the Klezmer Band will be back, and many, many other acts as well. You have with us, uh, why would the uh, assistant producer for the Northampton? Arts Council go anywhere this week without a band with them, or at least some performers. Who do you have with us in the studio? Want to tell us? Yes, today we have with us Thrasher Wheat, uh, some great heavy hitters of the local music scene, and uh, they perform the music of Neil Young. And they'll be playing at 8 o'clock on the fourth floor of Bishop's Lounge. We're doing a pop-up up there. It's called the Bay State Lounge. So you can... After Karine. Yep, right after Karine. Right. Okay, so... Uh, who would like to talk to us? We have Mike Jennings and Chris Jennings and Mike uh, Parham, who are three of the four members of Thrasher Wheat. Thank you all so much for being with us this morning. Who would like to tell us a bit about your band, how long you've been together, the music you, uh, that you play, and why you love this, the particular this band, music? This band came out of struggling to, 
to get uh, musicians into venues post-pandemic and uh, just trying to like cobble bands together and uh, get, yeah, just get as many people on stage when the stages were ready. But like, yeah, people, people, we were trying to get, get together a, a cover band show and I just uh, didn't have my normal band and so I got these guys and it turned out to be really fun. So yeah. that was at Marigold Theater. Sounds like fun. Tell us what music you are going to be performing both here and on, for, and on First Night. Um, we're going to be playing all Neil Young songs, uh, but t today we're going to start off with Long May You Run. Okay. Can we hear it? Sure. Let's go. You guys ready? Yeah. Wheat will be performing at Bishop's Lounge upstairs. That will be 8 o'clock at First Night Northampton. Let me ask you guys, um, and first of all, I'm going to say thank you for that just gorgeous rendition of that particular song. I, I'd like to know what the uh, band name uh, means. Where does that come from? And let me just say one other thing, which I'd like you to comment on. Mm -hmm. As I watch you playing, uh, Neil Young has some extremely complex and rich chord changes in his music, which I'd like you to talk about. But let's start with the name. 
Um, what do you think, Mike? It's, yeah, I, uh, I, I, uh, I remember this old, uh, it was an old uh, Neil Young fan club site online that stored lyrics and things. It might still be up there. I, for, I, I think it is up there. It's, yeah, it's Thrasher Wheat. Um, so that was a place where you would go to find, I don't know, pictures of Neil Young, I guess. Um, just lyric, song lyrics, discography. So you borrowed it from the... <laughs> from from the net. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know if there's any sort of... And Thrasher is, is a song. It's a song. Yes. And have you been devotees of Neil Young for a long time, yeah. all three of you? Yeah. What, about his, what is it about his music that so, is so important to you? I, he's one of those artists, I think you, you, you either really love him or you don't like him that much. But I was fortunate enough to see him in, live in the 1970s the 1980s, the 1990s, and the 2000s. So I saw him first when I was in high school in the 1970s. I was going to say when you were in, u- in utero, right? <laughs> <laughs> just to be kind here. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. I just always connected to him in a similar way like Bob Dylan, where and, you just get and, obsessed with him and love the guy. And you all have been in various uh, bands uh, up and down the valley for a long time. I, I'd like to know, uh, what was it that this year inspired you to say, Neil Young, he is he is the artist for this time. Why? I can tell you why. I I got into this because I was I'm I'm playing a lot of Grateful Dead music, and I just felt like there was a hole where there's a lot of Grateful Dead bands, and no one. And I felt like people want to hear Neil in the same way, and you know, it's like they jam out to Crazy Horse, and uh, like we're an electric band. We're not really sitting up there with acoustics the whole show. We're definitely gonna be playing highly distorted rock and roll solos. So <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be... It all, it all started for me when we played Powder Finger for the first time, and I was like, oh, I'm in a rock band. <laughs> this and is true rock. <laughs> when was that? That was this Marigold show back... Um, I don't know when that was. Almost a year ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. It was like or eight months ago, sometime beginning of the spring. It was like... Just really thrown together, and we had a, we had Kate on drums who had never drummed with the, we had Nico, and like that was really you know it was just a, a like a cobbled up band that we played some of Chris's songs, we played some of my songs, then we just played some Beatles songs, and then we kind of ended up playing Powderfinger in there. It was or like oh we should play Powderfinger all the time. Well, and so well you guys have an incredible sound. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're here and hear another song by Thrasher Wheat. Uh, Mike Parham, Chris Jennings, and Mike Jennings. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. They were hiding behind hay bales. They were planting in the full moon. They had given all they had for something new. But the light of day was on them They could see the thrashers coming
Want to support the kind of local talk you hear on The Bill Newman Show? Want to hear your business's message here on WHMP? Email us, your message at whmp.com. We'll help you craft a marketing message that'll reach listeners of your favorite WHMP show. And we'll be supporting the local news, valley talk, and progressive voices you hear right here on WHMP. Let us know about your message. Email us, your message at whmp.com. And add your message to our mission. And hear your message right here on WHMP. Your message at whmp.com. First Night Northampton is back, live and in person, 21 family-friendly venues, over 100 performances from noon to midnight. Purchase your pins at firstnightnorthampton.org. Pick them up on the second floor of Thorns Marketplace on the 31st. Your pin opens every door at the largest performing arts festival in the state. Municipal parking lots are free, so join us for music, acrobats, DJs, comics, magicians, and so much more. There's also a fantastic fireworks display at 6 p.m. Northampton First Night, a place to be on New Year's Eve. When you shop at River Valley Co-op, you get the best local and organic produce, a butcher shop, wine and cheese shop, fresh seafood, and hundreds of bulk herbs, spices, and more. When you shop at River Valley Co-op, you create hundreds of union jobs and generate over $7 million in purchases from local farms and businesses. River Valley Co-op is your food hub, bringing you the best from around the valley and world while supporting your neighbors and local farmers. Shop River Valley Co-op in Northampton and East Hampton today. River Valley. One of my friends at the Stone Soup Cafe told me a story that's typical of what happens there. She was working at the community garden at the Greenfield Town Farm. She encountered an older woman there, and it was a rough encounter. She didn't leave happy. Later on that week, she came to the Stone Soup Cafe, and she found herself sitting next to that very same woman, and they developed a relationship. And the young woman goes to help the older woman with her gardening, and the older woman is giving lessons to the younger person on different plants and how to grow various things. My name is Ari Pliskin. I'm the executive director of the Stone Soup Cafe. The Stone Soup Cafe is a weekly community cafe that takes place in the parish hall of the All Souls Church church in Greenfield. By operating on a pay-what-you-can basis, it's available to all kinds of people, and a lot of people come who are hungry and who need a meal in order to meet their basic food needs, and other people come just because they love the environment and they love the atmosphere and to have a good time and be part of something special. To learn more, please visit stonesoupgreenfield.org. How long and how hard would you work to own your own home? At Pioneer Valley Habitat for Humanity, future homeowners contribute dozens of hours to build a home for their family, but they need your help. Thousands of community supporters have participated in this work since 1989. They create a partnership with a future homeowner and Habitat to build a home, strengthen our neighborhoods, and create a legacy for our community. Grab a hammer, lend a hand, build a better world. Volunteer and support Pioneer Valley Habitat for Humanity. pvhabitat.org. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. We continue our preview of First Night Northampton 2023, an amazing lineup of, of acts and performances, uh, including, for example, let me start with the daytime shows, Henry the Juggler and Ray Mason and Roger Saloom and Pamela Means and the Happer Valley Comedy folks, as well as the Yo-Yo Guy and Tom Knight Puppets and the Expandable Brass Band and the Happy Valley Guitar Orchestra, and it just goes on and on, as well as the performances at night, including the Northamptons and the Klezmer Band and uh, uh, Khalif Neville and Peter Blanchett, and with us 
today in the studio performing at Bishop's Lounge, uh, Thrasher Wheat. So let me ask, uh, before we get too far along here, Peter McQuillan, who is the assistant producer of the Northampton Arts Council, which produces First Night Northampton, where do people buy the magic buttons? So buttons can be purchased online and picked up on the day of, we'll call, at Thorns Marketplace. That's where our First Night headquarters will be on the second floor. If you prefer to buy it in person um, on the day of, we have them available at 33 Holly Street, the Academy of Music box office, and at the Northampton Senior Center. Uh, if you look at firstnightnorthampton.org slash pins, you can find all the information uh, for ticketing. Uh, adults, it's $20 for all day long, uh, day and evening. You can get a $16 pin for... Um, up until the 30th, and then there's also a senior rate. Kids are eight, and uh, you can do an adult day only for only $10 if you just want to go with your family for the early afternoon. And so there's a discounted rate if you buy it before? Mm -hmm. okay. Yes, there is. It's $16 until the 30th, and then it's $20 on the day of. And where can we buy them now? Now you can buy them at a variety of locations, including Greenfield Savings Bank in Amherst, uh, Conway, East Hampton Savings Bank in East Hampton, Cooper's Corner in Florence, Greenfield Savings Bank in Greenfield, and the World Eye Bookshop. Uh, at a lot of Greenfield Savings Bank's locations, A to Z Learning Store in Northampton, Cedar Chest, Downtown Sounds, State Street Fruit Store, the Hotel Northampton. You know, if you're up in Shelburne Falls or South Deerfield, definitely check out Greenfield Savings Bank, South Hadley at the Odyssey Bookstore and then at Williamsburg Hardware Store. So those are all the in-person spots around the valley. You can pick them up in advance. You can order them at firstnightnorthampton.org and pick them up the day of. It couldn't be easier to find the magic button. I keep wanting to say the magic mushroom, but we're really talking about <laughs> the magic button. Okay, so we have with us in the studio today one of the bands that will be performing at First Night, Thrasher Wheat. They will be at the... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me. They will be at Bishop's Lounge uh, upstairs uh, performing on first night. Thrasher Wheat, we have three of the four members of the band with us today, Mike Jennings, Chris Jennings, and Mike Parham. So you are going to be performing Neil Young songs. I, really, I just some of the most spectacular music of an entire generation. Really? One of the defining artists of our time. What are you going to play for us now? Ohio. Yep. Oh. Ohio by Crosby, Sills, and Nash, but mostly Young. Wow. A song that was memorable to me. I was in Ohio yeah. when Kent State happened oh. just a couple hours away, and I was at Antioch College, and we became the center. We, the college, became the center for the anti-war movement and the response to the murders at Kent State. Hmm. Gentlemen? Here we go.
Rogers and Nixon's coming We're finally on our own This summer I hear the drumming For dead in Ohio 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 Thresher Week will be performing first night at Bishop's Lounge. Thank you all so very, very much. That was very moving. That was my first time on the radio. Thanks a lot for having us. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. So this is Massachusetts way of saying, we think it's an important program. We think it's important enough to continue for students and their families. And we're going to put the money up front to make sure it continues so that if the federal government does not renew it, Massachusetts will still have universal school meals. 1015, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. Have you heard of the Living Building Challenge? Live and local the news Hitchcock and Center talk for, for Northampton and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. A Northampton Radio Group Station. It's